Commerce and the Thrive15.com World Headquarters. Let's go! Presenting the world's only business school without the BS with optometrist and entrepreneur Dr. Robert Zellner and the Forest Small Business Administration Entrepreneur of the Year in your ear, Clay Clark. It's the Thrive Time Show on Talk Radio 1170. Three, two, one. All right, all right, and all right. Thrive Nation, welcome back into the Daily Conversation. It's the Thrive Time Show on your radio. My name is Clay Clark, and I am super excited to be here with you today and every day because we are always talking about the answers to the business questions you have. There's always that that moment in your business career where you say, I wish I could ask somebody this. I I feel stuck because of that. I just want to know the answers. And you kind of, you want to travel up, uh, the mountain, and you want to find a goat. A, a goat? You want to find the greatest of all time. Somebody who's been there, who's done it, who knows what they're talking about. And I'm excited because inside the box that rocks today on the Thrive Time Business Coach Radio Show, we have two goats. We have two goats. And, and goat number one, we have Dr. Robert Zellner, the co-host with the Moost. How are you, sir? I am fantastic. You know, I get compliments all the time about a young entrepreneur's Starting growing a business saying, I am so glad you guys are spending the time. You're pouring out your hearts on this show. You're giving all, you're opening up your brains, your craniums, and you're just 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 pouring out practical business ideas and you know how to coach them up. And so I tell you what, we're we're glad to be doing this. It's our heart. We want to eliminate failure in business, and we want everybody out there to succeed and to chase their dreams and to fulfill them. I have a success story that you don't, you, Ooh, you're not aware of. Ooh, I we love it. Win wins. A, we have a young lady from the, the great state of Minnesota, Minnesota. Who, uh, where they have rhubarb and uh, hot dish <laughs> and that kind of thing. And uh, she's a graphic designer and Oral Roberts University graduate. Okay, and she's okay. been using the Dream 100 system that we've been teaching at the conferences as well as on the show. Yes. And uh, we were talking about your auto auction, how you just don't you don't take no for an answer. You keep you talking keep to all those used car dealers. Well, she landed two big accounts this week that will pay her now $3,000 a month, the residual. To add to her uh, firm, she's about $4,000 a month of revenue she's already doing. So that gets her to $7,000 a month. Wow, Which is good. now her goal, to make $80,000 a year. She hit the goal. Obviously, not going to stop there. But that's pretty exciting. It's a real thriver out there Ooh, doing it. Um, that is so exciting. I love success stories, you know, because the thing about it is we can, we can tell you about it. We can, we can show you about it. We can teach you about it, but you're the ones listening out there that actually have to walk it out. And so when somebody does, we do this. We just cheer. Oh, we just oh, cheer. We yeah. just cheer. We go oh, nuts. We go crazy. Oh, Billy. Oh, wow. Oh, 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 way to go. Good form, Billy. Okay. Way to go, Minnesota. Now, also I have another success story. This other success story is the one I'm probably the most excited about. Is A lot of times I will uh, send people an email and I'll say, Dear Mr. Such and Such, Dr. Z and I have decided that you are a beautiful man. And we'd like to have you on the show. And a lot of people don't even open the email at that point. You know, a lot of people don't. And you've never... Hello, creeped on or something? <laughs> and I've never asked you if that's okay if I said that Dr. Z and I both feel like you're a beautiful man. But one of the guys on my <laughs> top 10 list for beautiful men is Chris Bryan here with Anchor Financial. And he's agreed to be on the show here today with us. And I'm super excited. Chris, how do you feel to be on the top 10 beautiful man list? And uh, how do you feel about being on the show today? Well, the the vote was a short list, but yeah, it was very much an honor. <laughs> Good to be with you both. Yeah, it's a it's an exclusive list, uh, never to be published in public, but it's a very exclusive <laughs> list. Uh, very few people have ever seen it. I've never shown it to Z actually, but 
Uh, but it, I, I believe that you have a very, <laughs> very complete list. I'm sure it's it's very accurate. It's in a nine-point font. I put it on my to-do list. It's a very extensive list. You can see the size nice, of it here. Nice, But today, Thrivers, we're talking about leadership and specifically how to become that impetus leader. Impetus, that's somebody who has the ability to become a catalyst, to, to create the momentum, to be that spark. And uh, before we get into that, though, Z, we never get a chance to talk about politics uh, or religion or gardening. So I'd like to talk about politics and gardening real quick here. How about some cooking? Let's throw some cooking in there. Yeah, here you go. So Russell Simmons, one of my favorite entrepreneurial uh, uh, success stories, he's the guy who started Def Jam. He thinks that you shouldn't eat any meat or wheat at all because it's a big shamockery and a scam propagated by the federal uh, government. So I'm going to start with Chris. Chris is a financial planner. <laughs> Do you believe that the meat meat is just a scam propagated by the federal government? Do you believe that Russell Simmons, the founder of Def Jam, the rap label, knows what he's talking about when it comes to the organic panic? I would have to say I would disagree completely with that. I mean, there's countries out there that are outlawing uh, veganism because their babies are turning out with like three eyeballs or something, I think. Oh, wow. Now, Dr. Z, do you, do you believe? <laughs> the facts are just mind-blowing on this show. Oh, my do gosh. You, do, you, do you believe that Russell Simmons, the, the founder of Def Jam, the, the hip-hop mogul, do you believe that he, he's correct when he says that you should? He actually has said that eating uh, any meat at all, is actually equal to smoking 20 cigarettes a day. That's what he said. He said eating, eating, eating meat during a day, one serving of meat, is equal to smoking 20. I watched it last night, and I thought, I don't know whether Dr. Z is an optometrist. As a guy who knows about the eye, the human eye, whether he could look at these facts or look at these, <laughs> these pseudo-facts, what do you think about that? I would like to see what his sources are. I'd like to see what his references are. I'd like to see where he gets his information. I uh, mean, I, I, that sounds pretty crazy. He, he did quote PETA quite a bit. Oh, well, there you go. Well, that's a sound source. So, okay, there you go. So, okay, final, uh, final question. Final, it's, we'll get back out of business. The final one is politics here. Do you believe, do oh you no. believe that Kim Jong-un is actually a really nice, cuddly, warm guy, but he, he's acting, this is his stage presence. We're talking about Eminem, his stage presence. Do you feel yes. like he's actually a nice, lovable guy, and he just plays the role of a dictator, and it's kind of to you know, hype it up a little bit? He's just kind of a, you know, he's kind of insecure, cuddly, soft kind of a... You know, kind of a, a weak guy. Is this going to Chris or me first? That's going to you first. <laughs> I mean, oh, oh gosh. Um, I would have no idea, but I would tend toward to think that he was not the warm, fuzzy, hey, man's man, let's go have a cold beverage of your choice and hang out in the man cave tonight and just just be, just, you know, just take it easy. Thrive Nation, these are the, these are the kinds of questions that I'm pondering because growing a business, once you've started to grow a business and you create time freedom, you ask yourself, well, what do you do? Well, your first mind off, wanders. You, your mind <laughs> wanders, and you start to think about these conundrums. But the question we get asked from a lot of people is, how do you create the momentum? So, Z, I'm going to start with you. How do you as a leader? Okay, you, you run Dr. Robert Zellner and Associates, and it used to be just Dr. Robert, that's you, Robert <laughs> H. Zellner. Uh-huh. And there's a, when you add the H, it gives a little more credibility. And it's the associates, which was just uh, the other employee. So it's you that, was and a that was just a prophetic, you know, hopeful uh, attribute that I put on there. So know? when you're having that first team meeting, like so many business owners do, five people or less, and you go, okay, guys. Okay, when I say guys, I mean you. Yeah. <laughs> we are going to do, I mean, how do you create that momentum where it doesn't just feel pathetic and small and on, it just seems like your goal is in insurmountable. Like you can't possibly do it. How did you, how do you create that momentum? I created that momentum by a concept that I, it's going to, oh, this is going to sound kind of cheesy. Oh, boy. No, it's going to sound cheesy. But I'm going to just go there because I'm going to just tell the truth. Do it. And that is, I would create it by doing what I call showtime. 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 Now, what is showtime? 
What what is Showtime? Here's what Showtime is. Showtime is is every moment of every day, your staff is looking at you for direction on how they should act. Mm. And if you come in and you're in a bad mood because someone just cut you off on the highway, if you come in because you're in a bad mood because a police officer just uh, gave you a little speeding ticket or something of that nature, if you're in a bad mood because you just had a fight with one of your loved ones, and I tell you what, we all have a reason to be in a bad mood when we go to work. We all do. Absolutely. We all have a reason to be surly and be, you know, it's too wet. Right. It's been too wet in Tulsa. It's too wet. I'm tired of it. Someone didn't pick up the trash outside. Mm. So the deal is, what I'm trying to say is, is that you as the leader, if you show up in a great mood, if you show up with a positive attitude, if you show up fired up and ready to go, it, you know what? Your, your staff looks at you and just says, oh, okay. There's the, the head dictates what the body does. And as the leader, you are the head. Now, I want to ask Chris the same question because, Chris, uh, you're obviously a financial planner. You help people get financially out of the toilet and into a place of prosperity. And a lot of times people are at the bottom when you meet with them and you help them get to the top. And some people are kind of in the middle and looking to grow. But when you sit down with someone who feels overwhelmed by personal finance and feels like they have no clue of what to do, how do you kind of create the momentum when you're meeting with that person one-on-one and you're trying to you know, help somebody learn the proven path? How do you do it? Well, I tell you, it's a lot easier uh, when they've actually been involved with you guys because what happens is they've got the base layer there of, of how to structure their business. I don't have to go through that. I can kind of start a little bit later as a as, as, as now as the income is starting to come in to be a little bit more structured with that income versus structuring a business. So I will have to throw that compliment at you guys. You guys are doing awesome with your with your with your people that come in on Thrive. They're they're amazing on what they've they learned. They're sponges. So everything I tell them, everything I talk to them, they just do it. And when they do it, they prosper, as you know. Well, uh, you have something you want to give a, a kind of a gift to all the thrivers here. What do you have? It's, is it called the Safe Money Kit, or what? What is this thing? It's a Safe Money Kit. It's basically got a Safe Money book that, that Phil and I co-wrote. And we also have a. Uh, and for those of you that are listening, my, Phil is my business partner, uh, which you know he's out of town. He's he's in uh, in some kind of foreign country right now, but. Um, He's on a, you know a little retreat. bit about that, I think. Yeah, yeah. I've got a passport. <laughs> a retreat, right? So, uh, you know, he uh, he and I basically co-wrote the book. We basically build the kit around you and your financial prosperity going forward. So, Now, Thrivers, there are four leadership skills that we're going to be deep diving into today that everybody has to learn. And I'm going to teach you the first one here. The way we're going to do it today is it's going to be kind of like a game of tennis where I'm going to be, um, I'm going to be, who was the screaming, the, the, the tennis player, the lady who just screamed every time she hit the ball? She was famous for just screaming. Who was that person? Um, every time she hit the ball, like, you know, just yelling all the time. Well, it's, you know, that, that grunt from your abdomen actually helps, it helps, if you do it just right, helps give you a little bit of extra force on the ball. Well, tennis that's is a, kind of an, tennis is kind of an I'm awkward. I remember who that was. Well, because tennis is one of these, these the country club games where you, you want to be professional. You know, you never want to, you, you clap kind of understated, you know, and they say, and now, ladies and gentlemen, such and such, such and such, such, you know, and they, they, it's kind of that soft spoken announcer. And then there's that, that lady who would just have that crazy grunt. You know, I can't remember her name. It'll, it'll, it'll occur to me. But anyway, I'm going to go ahead and I'm going to read off the, 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 the principle to you, Z. With a lot of enthusiasm. Maria Sharapova, as they say, she's far away the loudest. uh, Yeah, just screams, though. So here we go, Z. So here we go. I'm hitting it over to you here. Okay. Recruit for coachability over talent. When you're recruiting people, recruit for coachability over talent. Again, when you're trying to take your organization to the next level, serve as that impetus to get it off of stuck, you want to recruit for coachability over talent. Ah! Sorry. 
Do what now? I just hit the ball over to you. Break that down for me. Why oh, do you want to recruit over a coach? Oh, you, oh, oh, you just, oh, you grunted. I have to grunt. You I'm hitting, I'm, with I'm, me. I'm, I, yeah, I'm trying you to hit the ball. Let me try to get I thought, <laughs> I thought maybe your, your kidney had blown up or something, the way you shrieked and jumped back like no, it's that. A, it's a kidney stun I'm battling. <laughs> <laughs> no, but so, okay, so you want to recruit over coachability. You want to recruit, recruit people who are coachable over talent. Why is that? Well, here's the deal. You, you can't change people's personalities, as much as you want to be a life coach and you want to be a mentor and you want to say, listen, I can make you, as an employee, I can make you wonderful. You, you know, people's personalities are pretty much set. And so I would rather have a nice, kind, uh, compassionate, hardworking, industrious young person and then teach them how to push all the buttons instead of finding someone who says, well, I know how to push all the buttons. Now, Z, and I probably know it better than you. Uh, Chris, I don't know if you of Z have ever, have you ever hired the talent show? The someone who does it wrong but is confident in their wrongness. Have you, Chris? Has this ever happened to you? Oh yeah, I've had to backtrack for people many times for that for that very purpose. Yeah. I think you hire these people and they come in and say, "Well, you know, I know Anchor Financial, you're very successful, you know, but I did my other job. This is how I did it." And they just want to they can't get off of that uncoachable mindset. Uh, Chris, what what advice would you have for the thrivers out there if they're dealing with an uncoachable human? Would you would you punt? Would you go into a life coaching? Would you send him to a therapist? What would be your move? <laughs> well, I'm going to tell you a little something that you may not know about me, okay? Mm. Now, you know that I was in the, in the military. I was in the Navy. True. That's why you're so tough. I spent four, <laughs> I spent four years as a Navy recruiter. Uh, in the year 2000, I was the Navy recruiter for, for a, uh, a four-state area and then a college Navy recruiter for the nation. So they sent us to Washington with all this pomp and circumstance and stuff like that. But really what I was trying to do is increasing my rank. You know, and, and increase money and, and get down that road. When we so. come back, Chris is going to break us break it down a little bit more about how his military recruitment career went. I, I'm excited to know how he did it. Did you recruit yourself? No, I didn't. <laughs> okay, I'm excited to learn more about Chris's military recruitment career. Stay tuned. It's the Thrive Time Business Coach Radio Show. And today's show is all about leadership. Don't miss out. Stay tuned. ThriveTimeShow.com. I'm Ken P. Law, and I'm from Tulsa, Oklahoma. Professional painting by Ken. Uh, quite a bit of stuff. Uh, a lot of stuff I know that I needed to do but didn't know how to do it. Uh, Web page, uh, how to hire people, sales, uh, making a schedule, making programs. I mean, just a lot of stuff. I mean, it's overwhelming, but it's good stuff that you can actually put to practice right away. It's a lot different than I expected. Uh, been to different workshops and uh, you just waiting for the sales punch, you know, and they give you ideas and stuff, but it's always 10 years down the road when you can actually apply the stuff that they're trying to promote. And this is not like that at all. It's very ground level, help you start a business and maintain and grow a bigger business. I like it a lot because he makes you feel comfortable, makes you laugh, so it opens you up to receive and hear better uh, this is great it's a lot of interaction you you can ask him questions you can help he can I mean if you don't understand something he can explain it more so it's very very helpful I mean it's, they're missing a lot because uh, a lot of businesses uh, probably do some of the steps that he's teaching but there's so much they can learn and to easy steps that they'll grow the business even better. It's not like any other workshop I've ever been to. Um, it's very laid back and a lot of information 
it's a comfortable setting. It's it's awesome. It's a really good good experience. Welcome back to the Thrive Time Show on your radio, where we teach you what you did not know about the game of business. Now, last week we discovered, Z, that Bruno Mars has some very compelling lyrics, and one of the things he says, he says he's wearing Cuban links. Yes. And, and I, you, and you I looked, researched it up. Yes, and it's a necklace, actually, and so the links are a particular... Um, um, size and style and and you know shape. I noticed at Bo's wedding you were wearing Cuban links. I thought, <laughs> wow, know, that no, guy's really, <laughs> really stepping up his style I, game. I, I didn't. I do not own a set of Cuban links, but uh, that's not to say that I won't go out now and uh, purchase some. I mean, that's you know. It feels appar apparently it, they're the thing. It feels very much like it's a, that was a kind of a, a very politically correct way of saying that you definitely own a ton of Cuban links and you definitely are excited about your recent acquisition of copious amounts of Cuban links. Is that what we could infer here? Yes, and I often, <laughs> I often just put them on to dance around the place. So yes, that's, okay. Yes. Now, Thrivers, a lot of you don't know know Doctor Z, but he's always wearing new, but some kind of shorts. He's always wearing some kind of T-shirt or soccer jerseys. Now recently, I've noticed this is this is a new look for you today. You're not wearing a soccer jersey today. Is this a life change? Is it a no, actually, I, I got these new shorts, and I couldn't find one that actually, uh, I was kind of in a rush, and I couldn't find one that matched them, so I just threw a t-shirt on. Okay, well, Thrive Nation, I'm telling you what, if you're, you're, you're missing out right now today, Thrive, you're missing out. It's a beautiful man, beautiful man there. And then we have Chris Bryan, also a beautiful man. Now, Chris, uh, do you ever wear soccer jerseys? No, I'm not a soccer fan. You, well, you used to wear a different oh, Chris. unit. Oh, Chris. Oh, no. Bill. Oh, sorry, guys. Oh, well, oh, it's no. the most popular sport in the world, you know. <laughs> oh, and I, no. He really had me, you know, being from the Navy and being a recruiter <laughs> and a financial dude. And he's totally he's lost just, you. He lost a lot of street you know, cred with right. me right there. Dr. Right. Zellner doesn't respect the game of basketball. I don't know if you know <laughs> well, that. He doesn't respect the I, game. <laughs> I, <I'm> not, <laughs> you are in a feisty mood today. You uh, in a cage fight? Are we going to cage fight today? No, I'm just, I'm just, I'm stirring it up today. Just stirring it up a little Bob Marley there, stirring it up now. Now, Chris, he uh, uh, he was telling us before the break about kind of a different phase of his career where he wore a different uniform. You were in the military. You're in the Navy. Right. And you were telling us before the break you did some recruiting. Walk us through what you were doing there. Well, in 2000, I worked. I started recruiting in 98, and uh, I got back here in my hometown in Tulsa. Yeah. And uh, I was actually handling my home high school, my home. Uh, you know, it's nice to be in, in your home court. Home court advantage is nice because the other option was a Chicago and uh, in, in downtown Chicago, it was uh, a little, uh, let's just say that would have been a challenge for me. Yeah. Uh, so we work within our comfort zones. But the big thing is, is they, they put me in a, in a comfort zone there that I knew that I could could uh, relate to a lot of these people, which, you know, in, in recruiting, you've got to be able to relate to these people. They're going to be able to throw a flag and say, hey, you know what, this guy's just off his rocker. They're not going to understand where he's where he's coming from. Uh, you, you know, they're gonna, not going to want to work for someone they can't respect. And, uh, and they can't, uh, they, they like to follow people who have done it. Just like, you know, the whole idea here at Thrive is, is to, to work with people that, you know, like Dr. Z and, and yourself and, and all those guys that, that can cling towards that success and, and want to be that. And, and you know, a lot of these guys didn't necessarily go in to be lifers uh, in the military. They, they came in to, to get college taken care of. They got, came in to, to reach a goal. Right. Uh, and then from there, they're going to go on and, and do it. But, you know, that year I recruited 75 people. Wow. And I had to recruit 130 people, though, to get those 75. So hmm. just like in any business situation, you've got, you, you're going to have a, a certain amount of numbers you're going to go through before you reach the end goal of getting that nice 
uh, person for that position. So realize there might be a little bit of cannon fodder, as what we used to call in the, in the Navy, right? Um, before you get to the real good stuff. Well, you know the the, the coachability thing. I want to give you some examples, and I know Z is a huge Cowboys fan, so I want to bring up the Patriots today. But no, uh, no. Uh, first off, here's a John D. Rockefeller quote coming at you hot. He was the world's wealthiest man, and even by today's standard with inflation, he could actually buy all of the assets of Bill Gates. I think it's four times. So it's just unbelievable wow, wow. wealth. But he says good management consists consists of showing average people how to do the work of superior people. Well, then you look for an example, and I look for the New England Patriots, who uh, allegedly won the Super Bowl this year, and they did. And what Bill <laughs> Belichick said in a, in a recent interview, he said, he said it's, it, it isn't all about talent. It is about dependability, consistency, and being able to improve. And again, if you work hard and you're coachable and you understand what you need to do, you can improve. So last year when they won the Super Bowl with their powerhouse offense, I'm going to read you some fun factoids. So Tom Brady, their leader, uh, it's obviously been well documented. He's a sixth-round draft pick, okay, which is kind of like the leftovers of the draft. And he's throwing to his top offensive weapon, Julian Edelman, who was a quarterback in college who was drafted in the seventh round. And he was handing the ball to a running back, LeGarrette Blunt, who was a seventh-round draft pick. And his two primary backup receivers, it's just kind of target number two and three, was Chris Hogan and Danny Amendola, both of which were not drafted. And so this year, the Patriots, yet again, traded off almost all of their draft picks, and they have basically signed a bunch of undrafted uh, free agents. And if you go onto Patriots.com, you can see them. But all these guys have the same story, and they go after guys that weren't drafted. And so the guy they just picked up, they just signed, I'm so excited for this guy, and uh, it's a fun story. But there's these two brothers, they're, they're twin brothers, and they both were either walk-on, they, they basically walked on at college. And they worked up to a starting position where they went from the junior college up to the Division One to they played as seniors. And now the Patriots got them both because they love that coachable attitude of guys who have kind of a you know something to prove. And they're talking about their road to the NFL, and they're inspired because all of the Patriots' best players, as a general rule, like 80% of them, aren't drafted. And they're just all these randos. And so these guys are like, this is where we wanted to be. This is the perfect spot for us. And we know they're appreciative just for a chance to be anywhere. But all of the guys that are trying to make the team, it seems like they all have that mantra, that mindset of, hey, we're here to learn. And Bill Belichick will actually switch positions. So he'll, he'll sign you and then say, I know you've always been a quarterback, but we're going to move you to receiver because that's what we need. And if you're not coachable, see, that's where the breakdown begins. When they switch you, your entire life, you've played a position. Can you imagine being a quarterback your entire career? And now they're going... Uh, be a receiver. I mean, that's at, at the highest level. It, it truly is amazing. As much as I am I'm not a fan of the Patriots, I mean, you have to respect them. <laughs> and they go after what, just what we're talking about, this point number one about being a leader. Belichick is a great leader because he goes out and he knows what he's looking for. He's looking for that coachability. He's looking for the attitude. And then he can teach them. And then as long as they're willing to improve, get better, learn the system, his system, oh, by the way, um, then they make the team, and oh my gosh, the record speaks for itself. I mean, it's it's pretty incredible what they've done up there in, now Boston, wanna, in Boston. Now, I want to ask you and Chris kind of the same question, but from two different perspectives. We'll start with you, Z. What do you look for when you hire an employee? About what what are signs that someone is coachable? When you go, oh, okay, that's a, this person has less skill maybe than the resume next to them, but this person, wow, this is a this is a, a good draft pick, or this is a good good pickup here. Well, you you put them in role play situations. How would you handle this? What would you do with this? And see what their see what their heart is, and see what their mind is. And a lot of times, you've already kind of picked it out. I mean, you go to your favorite restaurant, you're like, "Wow, this kid's got the hustle. This kid's got the the great attitude." And so you're already kind of you already kind of sorted a little bit of that out because maybe you've stolen from somewhere. That's kind of a move. 
That's a move. That's a move. That's why Z goes out to eat all the time. (laughs) (laughs) That, I'm always lurking in the malls. No, I used to more. I I don't really hire at that level anymore. But in the doctors, I look for the same thing. I look for coachability. I look for, hey, this is is the way we want to do an eye exam. This is the way, this is the Dr. Z way. Do you have a problem with that? Can you do that? And some will say yes, and then they end up doing no, and those don't go well. But for the most part, if they say yes and they mean yes, then they're coachable and they come on board. Chris, what do you look for from clients in terms of coachability with their financial planning? I, just, I know there's a lot of people that say, oh, yeah, I want to meet with a financial planner to help show me the proven plan, but I already have a proven plan that doesn't work, but I want to stay loyal to it. I mean, what, what, what are the things you look for in an ideal client that you're going to coach? You know, one big thing is making sure that they've got the ability to uh, just listen. Just listen for a little while and, and open themselves up to be educated, not not you know, from a college standpoint, just we're going to break it down in real terms. So when we break it down in real terms, it gives them a whole lot more uh, education than they can than they can actually uh, swallow sometimes. More about leadership and everything you need to know to make your business grow. ThriveTimeShow.com. My name is Nikki Warren, and I'm from Tulsa, Oklahoma. The name of my business is The Mocha Butterfly, and I'm a fashion designer. So I heard about the ThriveTime Business Workshops through a dear friend of mine, and I got a chance to meet with Clay and Dr. Z. And uh, as I talked to them a little bit more, uh, I loved what they were doing and it just made me you know, more intrigued because I really wanted to grow my business. Well, what I've learned is that uh, for, for my business in particular, uh, marketing is needing to be, you know, get it, I need to step it up a lot more and, and the, uh, just focusing in on some key things to get that really going is gonna really get me where I wanna go with my goals. I think it's fun, it's a fun atmosphere, uh, which most business oriented, you know, I'm an artistic, you know, artsy person, and I tend to lose interest very quickly if I don't have something to keep me engaged. And, you know, the humor, the real life experience, um, and the casualness of it is just really engaging for me. And it's just very relatable. And so for me, I am having a, a, a ball. Like I was so excited to come yesterday. I was had, I had butterflies, literally, <laughs> butterflies in my stomach. And uh, I'm just really excited to be here. Well, uh, it's an interesting place. It's got a lot of uh, words of affirmation and quotes and things like that. Very positive environment. Um, the people here are very nice and friendly. And I love the way the uh, room is set up. It's very open space type of a uh, model and. Um, like I said, it's it's a it's more of a casual environment. It's not stuffy and professional. You know, like it's professional, but it's not stuffy professional. There is a difference, and so it's very warm and inviting here. Love the teaching style. Love the presentation. Uh, very organized and easy to follow. Um, and like I said, the real life experience and the humor just adds that much more to it. I know people who go to different workshops and. You know, I, I don't, I'm not sure if they're grasping all of what's being presented there, but I am almost 100% sure that if they come to a workshop like this one, they will get some great golden information that's going to help them meet their goals if they're willing to apply what they hear. There's no upselling here, um, which I, that wasn't really a big concern for me, but if, we're, if I were talking to someone who's very concerned about upselling, I would tell them that they have no worries here and that, like I, you know, I think that this uh, environment is very relaxed, inviting, warm, and engaging. And so even it, it does actually makes you wonder, like, what else, what else is there? I won't lie about that. Uh, so it's kind of more of an independent intrigue rather than someone pushing you into the intrigue. 
of what else is offered. Um, I recommend coming to this workshop because it is um, intimate, an intimate setting, uh, great people. I've met some really cool people doing some cool businesses and the teaching style and the presentation is awesome. Shot everything rides on tonight. Even if I got three strikes, I'ma go for it. This moment we own it. Eh? I'm not to be played with because it could get dangerous. See these. All right, Thrive Nation, welcome back to the Thrive Time Show on your radio. And Thrivers, I have a confession I want to make real quick. I have two confessions here. One is, as a radio show host guy, what you're not supposed to do is ask somebody an in-depth question right before the commercial break. <laughs> and so what I've been doing today is I keep doing that to Chris Bryan, and so that, that's, that's a shame on me. I'm going to go flog myself there. I'm gonna, see, I'm going to go out to the river and, and find somebody who kinda, who's a, kind of a, a, a meandering around the river, kind yeah, of a, yeah. a mongering around you, know, the guy with the, who the guy's looking for metal. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that, that kind of disturbing guy. Yeah. And I'm going to let him just hit me with his metal detector. Because I've done that now twice to Chris. And I just, it's really a, a public apology that I, I want to make to the, to the Thrive Nation. Now, the second, the second little disclaimer is I've been harassing Dr. Z quite a bit on the show. And so the rest of the show, I'm going to go back into kind of a, a, a shell mode where basically you're not going to see me at any point provoke the lion. I'm not going to provoke the lion on the day show. I, I've, really, I, I've really been really... We're just really provoking the lion. I, I, d I doubt that. I tell you what, you're in a feisty mood today. I and, am. And, uh, you, but the fact that Chris isn't a soccer fan is okay that you <laughs> laid him out like that twice on the, on the yeah. breaks. I like that. Now, I, now, Z, I mean, do you really like soccer a lot? I mean, is this, I mean are you being serious? Are you, this isn't like you hyperbole. You're going, okay, obviously the game of soccer is a game that most Americans don't enjoy. I'm just joking around. I mean, do you really enjoy soccer? Absolutely. Yeah. It's 90 minutes, a lot of action. It's Indoor good. or outdoor? Both. Both. I play, and you know, I, I still play old man's league. You know, we get out there with our walkers and we just ease on <laughs> down the field and we try to kick the ball. It's a lot of fun. Okay. A question about uh, soccer leadership. We're talking about business leadership, but here's a soccer leadership question for you. Why do soccer fans shoot each other with flare guns? Because <laughs> they're, they're so passionate about the game. I mean, olé, olé, olé. It's like, <laughs> let me get my flare gun. I just I don't understand the logic of that. Well, they're just passionate about it, and uh, there's probably some uh, you know beverages might enhance the the shootability of some people, and um, you know it's a it, it, the world it is the world sport, um, yep. and and there's a lot of passions about it. Passions run high. I mean. You know, you've been to some uh, football games, oh, uh, yeah. college football games, and I mean, it's they're not shooting each other with flares, but I mean, you could they're they're definitely thinking about shooting each other with flares. Chris, sometimes. have you been to some NFL games? Have you ever been to an NFL? Mm -hmm. what, yeah, I have. What what what, what, what uh, teams have you seen, or what are a few teams you've seen? Uh, the Falcons. I've seen uh, Dallas play a couple of times, and I've seen Kansas City play. Kansas City's got a lot of energy there. Boy, I'm telling you, that stadium, stadium yeah. is is an electric <sighs> yeah, yeah. stadium. Yeah. I I felt bad for the Redskins fans at the Patriots stadium there because there's one guy wearing a Redskins jersey, and you know he's like, <laughs> you know he's he's committed. Like I'm going into the belly of the beast. Oh yeah. And I am. If there wasn't a, a if there was a beer that was half you know consumed, it was going to be spilled on him. If there was something they could throw at him, they would do it. If they if they were looking for a scapegoat, flare gun, they would have shot him. Yeah, That's I mean it I'm was saying. it was it's a rowdy environment. So if you're a Redskin fan, do not go into Gillette Stadium. Now, we're talking today about leadership and how to become the impetus for your company's growth. Move number two, principle number two, refuse to quit when things get tough. Uh, Z, I know you could probably think through a catalog of memories in your business career where things got tough, where theme, things uh, seemed impossible. 
But I want to ask you, um, and I want to ask Chris the same thing. I'm going to start with Chris because I don't want to paint you into that corner before the break there, Chris. <laughs> okay. So with your career, uh, what has been a time that was challenging for you where maybe you could have easily given up? Or maybe in the Navy where you thought, man, I you know, could have given up here, but you pushed through. Because so many people, that's where they quit, just three feet short of gold. Is there, is there an example you could think of? Yeah, as a matter of fact, um, I was in BUDS, basically underwater demolition school. I actually went in to go be a SEAL. And um, actually, uh, right before Hell Week ended, uh, if we had to go back in the water one more time, I told my buddy next to me, I said, I'm done. I'm ringing out. And, uh, and everybody, you know, three, three feet to my right and three feet to my left screamed no, you know. And we stuck it out. Not but an hour later, they called it. Hell Week was over. So uh, it, was, it was nice to have a little reprieve there. But. What is Hell Week for anybody who's new to the, the word hell or week? <laughs> well, it's, they rotate it between the second and the third week. Uh, in uh, basic underwater demolition school, which is bas- is Bud's school for SEALs. Most people know who a SEAL is nowadays. Um, I was not a SEAL. Arr, I actually, arr, arr. I actually uh, <laughs> uh, that's the Navy Special Forces program. But uh, no, I I, uh, I medically uh, had an eardrum blow in uh, in dive school. Uh, so once we got to dive training part of Bud's, uh, my eardrum blew, got vertigo. They set me on the bench for six months, and I ended up. Uh, Ended up just ended up choosing a, an aviation route. I have so little physical coordination. I've often been asked if I have vertigo. That's something <laughs> I've, that's, that's a question people have asked. Now, Z, what's a time in your career where you've had to really fight through, push through some pain? Back in back in two, 1999, 2000, I, I uh, started an auto auction, Tulsa Auto Auction. And I had my general manager. And after about two to three years, I told that uh, fine young man, I said, uh, sir, you no longer work here. And you, it's just not working out, and you need to move on down the road. So we parted ways. It was a little uh, testy, but we parted ways. And he went and promptly found an investor and opened up a competing auto auction about a mile down the road. At least it was far enough away not to be in your designated market area. It wasn't nearby. Not a, not a near uh, it threat. Was a, it was a, yo, no, it was a mile away. <laughs> oh, oh. Wow. It was a mile away, and I, hmm. I had... I just hired the uh, the new general manager, and he made he he did this pretty quickly too. I just hired a new general manager, and so they're getting ready to have their first auction. Yep. And so my new general manager's name's Monty, still with me to this day. Great and, haircut, by the way, Monty. Great, great oh, hair. Yeah, great, great hair. And uh, <laughs> I mean, he's got some great hair. <laughs> I'm like, yeah, yeah. Did you hear that, Monty? It's great hair. Um, so it, we, anyway, we're. I said, hey, why don't you drive down there and see what's going on? Because I think today's going to be their their first um, their first sale. And so he drives down there, and he comes back. Oh, how how did it look? What's going on? He goes entirely too much. And of course, when I hired him, he goes, "You know, I, I don't have a lot of experience in the auto auction business." Right. And I was like, "Well, we'll have to sort it out." So we jumped in that truck, and we just started going door to door and dealer to dealer. And it was a fight. And there was about a six month window in there that we, it was just a cat fight. I mean, it was a, you know, I mean, it was it was on like Donkey Kong. Yeah. And lo and behold, we just kept our head down and we worked hard. We outworked them. And guess what? The Green Country Auto Auction is now um, no longer in existence. Oh, and we don't celebrate the losses of other people. No. And, but what we do is we are very, very happy that they're no longer in business. <laughs> That's what we do. Now, see, I want to ask you a question here about leadership there. Um, it, it seems like, you know, with your businesses, in all sincerity, you have, you have good people that work with you. And I'm going to point, point out two people that I know of that work with you that I think are just excellent people. Okay. Uh, Kylie over there at the, at the Dr. Robert Zellner and Associates, your optometry clinic. Yeah, Memorial. Uh-huh. And, She's been with and, me a long time. And uh, Monty. Yeah, the, the gentleman I was just talking about. Yes. How do you find 
these quality people like that? So many people want to know, okay, I want to lead a team, but how do you find those people? You just turn over a lot of rocks. You know, when I was a kid, we'd go to the, we'd go to the creek and we'd want to catch crawdads. Yeah. And not every rock had a crawdad underneath it. Shocking, I know. Shocking. <laughs> so you know what you did? You just kept turning over rocks until you found a crawdad. Did and you, then you didn't you have to be quick to catch it, by the way. Did you go to male modeling auditions to pick up Monty? Is that where you found that guy? <laughs> I mean, where did you find him and his hair? That hair is just incredible. You notice that with your elephant in the room. I mean, you notice men's grooming. You know, I'm just probably saying, unhealthy, he, probably an unhealthy no, proportion. I, I'm a creeper. I, I had to double look. You know, I'm kind of eyeing him. But I'm just saying, Monty, seriously, he's a, he's a great guy. He's a sharp guy. And I think anybody who um, meets the guy, you'd be honored to meet him. You meet Kylie. They're great people, really sharp people. And I just know that you have found them. And I don't think you're uh, sharing how hard it is to find those people because you've worked so hard to find them. And I want you, when we come back, I want you to really get into the nitty-gritty of finding good people because you are a master at doing this, and I know it wasn't easy. I know you've worked hard, and I know there's a lot of people listening who are like, I just can't find good people. And it's because you're not working with the hustle and doing the moves that Dr. Z does. We come back, learn how to find good people right here on the Thrive Time Show, the Thrive Time Business Coach Radio Show. My name is Clay Clark. Stay tuned. Boom. My name is O'Neill Bent, and I'm from Broken Arrow, Oklahoma. I first heard about the uh, business workshops through my wife, Sharita Bent, and uh, I learned a lot more from her. And also I got follow-up calls from different members of the organization. Some of the things I've learned uh, about starting my business through Thrive is uh, making sure I'm spending my money on the things I need to spend it on. For instance, uh, like my search engine optimization, uh, my marketing, I'm constantly reviewing the content that I have on my website, and um, that's just a few of the things. The overall experience I've had from the Thrive Time workshop has been uh, wonderful. I love how uh, everything that we learn is practical. It's not based off of book knowledge. It's not based off of uh, someone else's ideas. It's based off things that have actually worked and uh, have been tried and true. When you walk in, I mean, we came into a smell of wood burning. Um, There's a chimney outside, so we walked to the building. And when you get inside, you almost feel like there's like a I don't know if it's, it's like a pub slash club slash work environment. It just feels really good. You have music blaring, uh, friendly faces, people saying hello. And then when you sit down in your seat, you have uh, nice, uh, comfortable chairs, a wooden desk to work on, um, and everything looks modern. So it's a, it's a really refreshing feeling. Clay's uh, presentation and, and teaching style is very um, efficient, effective. It's also endearing, though. Because he's, he's very comical. He'll talk about different things he's been through. Um, and they're all very funny. But he also hits the exact points he needs to hit the right time. Um, you never feel like, man, is he ever going to stop talking? You always want to keep listening. And then when it's breath, bathroom break time, your surprise is already there. So um, I like how he talks about these practical experiences. And uh, it's very enjoyable. The interaction of the workshop is, is mostly... Uh, Clay will, will give you information that you need to know, but then he also opens it up for questions. So there's always this um, question and response type of situation. And then there's certain things where um, he'll direct you to do things, and it's because he knows that that's the way to go. You might question it, but I highly encourage you just to listen and do. And to jump into a business and think that you know everything is 
um, the most prideful, arrogant thing you could ever do. But to come here and to speak to someone who's already done this many times, has directed several businesses, and can give you wisdom and, and information, I think it's, it's wonderful. And I think uh, you, you can never do anything on your own. You have to have other people around you to help you. And he's definitely helpful. The experience I've, I've had at coming to Thrive Time uh, workshops is I was never upsold anything. I mean, I come in, they do exactly what they say they're going to do, and they leave it up to you to follow up and do the work. And uh, I think that's the way it should be. So it's very straightforward and they do what they say. I recommend that everybody should, should check out Thrive Time Workshop because there's so much knowledge and information there that you can use to help you run your business. And like I said before, I, I don't think you can do anything completely on your own. And when you have so much um, resource and knowledge in one area, you can use all of that and, and get exactly what you need. All right, welcome back to the Thrive Time Radio Show. We're a show that doesn't discriminate. No, we do not. We want to produce content that even totally sold out, mindless communists would enjoy. And so it's an equal time concept we have on this non-political show. I don't want to just talk only about how to make money, time freedom, success, happiness, ways to earn enough money so you can enjoy time with your family, your friends, your fitness, your fun. I don't want to talk about that. I mean, we have equal time. We need to talk about the misery of everyone making the exact same amount of money and uh, so we gave it at least 10 seconds right there. We gave it 10 <laughs> seconds of all-out communist drivel. If, if I'm not mistaken, mm. I know we get our podcast. We, we turn the show into a podcast, put it on our website, thrivetimeshow.com. Yep. And then it gets downloaded all around the world. I'm not sure how many downloads are actually being done by communistic countries. I, I don't know. Do we, have a, do we have a thing on that? Like North Korea. They probably don't download very many times. We our, do our have show. a thriver in China. And what I am... Oh, well, there we go. I'm struggling to understand this idea, and maybe you could educate me, because I don't... I'm not a guy who uh, wants to really go anywhere. I just want to kind of live behind the wall with the chickens, and I like to just run the businesses <laughs> and hit on my wife. It's kind of an endless game. I want to catch her. trees. Yeah, yeah, plant trees. You know, and, but there's people who do want to you know, travel you know, around the world, like you know, to China. They want to go to different places. And we have an American who's traveled to China, and he's going there. He lives out there, and he's wanting to start a business. And I, I don't quite understand the mindset of wanting to move from America to China to understand their culture. I don't get it. And so I'll start with you, Z, reading from the top down. Uh, from top down, I'm re reading you from top down here. Okay. Why do, why do you think someone would want to live, leave America to go to China to start a business? I don't get it. Oh, I don't know. A lot of opportunity. I mean, uh, look, Zuckerberg's been over there quite a bit, and he's been learning the language, and he's, I mean, he's wanting to crack that egg. So, I mean, there's, it's, it's you know, they've gone from a, a poor country to a very wealthy country um, over the last... Well, the, my lifetime, for sure. And so there's a lot of wealth there. And I, I don't know if you know this or not, but there's a lot of wealth. You know, for being a communist country, there's a lot of wealthy Chinese dudes running around the world. And here is a kind of a, a sarcastic question for the Thrivers. But what number of taxation, what amount of taxation does communism begin? That, that, see, this is the kind of a question I want to think about. And this is a political show. I just want you to think about this, though. How much taxation, at what, at what level, so if let's say you earn $100,000, at what level of taxation do you become a communist country? Is it 50%, 54 65 80%, all of it? Uh, you know, and Chris, you're a financial planner, so if someone's listening today and they're making a couple hundred grand a year, all in, I mean, between property taxes, income taxes, federal taxes, uh, let's go 
pay, uh, pike passes, which is a tax. Yeah. You know, fees, permits, airplane taxes, luxury taxes. What percentage are people spending in taxes? I mean, if you're making a couple hundred grand a year, I mean, are you you, you out maybe half now? Or you? Uh, no, not quite half. Usually you have a lot of write-offs, which is nice, but uh, 20 to 30 percent typically. So we're not communist yet here, in your, not your yet. opinion. Not yet. Okay. As a self-employed person. Maybe. I'm not even sure how they define communism anymore over there, because like I said, there's a, there's a lot of very, very That's wealthy. That's what I mean. Like, are there very wealthy uh, Chinese, you know. I've heard people tell me that it's actually guys. becoming more uh, free, more, uh, you know, there's more economic freedom over there. It's beginning to happen where it's actually more free than countries that claim to be free. Yeah, so that's what I'm saying. I don't, I don't even know how you really, de- you know, define it almost anymore. But, uh, you know, I, I love it. I love it here in this country. And, and the world looks to the United States to get their, you know, to get the leadership in capitalism. And so that's what that's what we're wired to do. And so I know, you know, Forbes says about 57% of you out there listening right now are sitting on an idea and you're wanting to start to grow a business. And that's why... That's why Clay and I are here. You know, Clay is certified as the world's best business coach, and that's a kind of a big deal. And I'm at the very – as good as I am at business coaching, I'm that bad at soccer. So it's, it's an equal – I mean, it's unbelievable how bad I am well, at the game of have, soccer. You can't have every superpower. I mean, that's just, that makes it unfair. Gosh. That now, makes it unfair. All I wanted was to be good at soccer. Now, Thrivers, we're talking about leadership today. And, Z, before the break, I was asking you – um, how you find your people, and you've got some really good people at your holiday party. This is a fun game he plays. He says, if you've been with me for 10 years or longer, stand up, and then 11 and 12. And he says, with me. He always refers to his, his group as a team. Uh, if you listen to the way he talks, it's not a politically correct comment, but he, he's, it's more of a team. It's more of a squad. It's more of a mindset. You're on the Z team or you're not. I mean, it really is. It's, it's, a, it's, a, it's a pretty incredible thing to watch. I, don't, I mean, there's a lot of people listening who are saying, I don't know where you're finding these people. I mean, millennials today, you just can't find baby boomers don't want to keep a job. I mean, some people have that mindset. Where do you find your people? Well, there's a lot of, there's a lot of different moves here. I'll break down a few of the moves. First of all, I think what happens is, is that um, as a boss, you know, you make big obstacles seem small. Bingo. And so the better you do that and the more kind you do that, the more people want to be around you, number one. And what I found is being a good boss, a nice boss, a generous boss, all those attributes, okay, they, what they do is it, it kind of becomes infective. People are like when they're talking about you to other people, those people, I've had several people come up to me that are, that are really good employees that work at different places and say, hey, I've heard you're a great guy to work for. Now, when, how did that happen? And so, therefore, I want to come work for you. So, you kind of, all, you kind of start with the beginning and the end. As that is, is that you're, you're a very good boss to begin with, okay? That's number one. Number two, you're always looking. Now, I'm always looking. You know, I'm always, I'm always back in the day, more, more so than I am right now as far as hiring the hourly people. Um, you know, I have my managers do that more than I do now. And so I've always coached them up to always be looking. You know, if you're at a restaurant, if you're in the mall, if you're, you know, somewhere uh, and you, you meet someone who's You're in got, a truck stop you're trying tr- to wait for your shower. You're in a you're- truck stop <laughs> trying to wait for your shower. Absolutely. <laughs> and you meet someone that has good customer service, has a good heart, is smiling, is is engaging, is and you see they got the hustle doing their job. I mean, you can just look around. I mean, some people are just kind of walking like, you know, and they got their phone out, they're yeah. just, you know, head down and they don't want eye contact with any of the customers. And then some are really above above and beyond. And so therefore, you know, you say to yourself, hey, walk up to them and say, hey, I want you on my team. Who are you? Hey, da, 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 da. next thing you know, you've got a new employee. Now, Thrive Nation, when we talk, we talked about you know, these leadership, if you want to become an impetus leader, a leader who's able to create the momentum that you want, you've got to be able to refuse to quit when things get tough. And I'm going to give you a little quick story here for you. You know, Walt Disney, uh, before Disney World and Disneyland and, and the Disney Empire, he started a company called Laughograms. 
And uh, Z, the company did so well that uh, he actually got commissioned or asked to produce a thing called Alice in Cartoonland. And in 1923, though, he was having success in sales. He was selling things. He had to declare bankruptcy because his math was so messed up. His financials were so, were so messed up. He ran out of cash. And if he would have quit then, then we wouldn't have known him as the Walt Disney that he is today. And he actually right, said in yeah. a notable quotable, he says, all the adversity, this is Walt Disney, he says, all the adversity I've had in my life, all my troubles and obstacles have strengthened me. You may not realize it when it happens, but a kick in the teeth may be the best thing in the world for you. And so, Chris, Brian, I want to ask you this question. You help people get their finances together. There's got to be someone listening out there who's been kicked in the teeth. No, the market sure. had a correction, and uh, you lost most of the value of the stock. When did the stock market really have a big correction? What years were that when it had a big correction? When the trade towers fell in 2001, those are going to be more generation than what we're talking to out here in the Thrive Nation. So somebody's so, financial you know, net worth got cut in half, and then they decided to sell... Yeah, and now they're and they're. I mean, so talk to me if someone's listening right now and they're in a they're in a tough spot financially. They're in their, they're in their late thirties or forties, don't have a lot saved. Is there any hope? I mean, can they push through? Talk to me about how they need to push through the trouble or push through the struggle. What what should they be doing? Well, one thing they've got to actually get start with a budget, even if it's fifty bucks a month. Start setting it back, and once you get used to that, then it's going to get easier to add ten dollars to that. Um, to add fifty dollars to that, and as things get better and as things grow, you're growing your 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 fund, whether it be a savings account or whatever. But then you're gonna you know get to a certain point where you're gonna think, okay, I need to be growing this money faster. Uh, but we want to do it safe, so it's 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 a, a jungle out there, literally, um, when it comes to investing in stocks. And I mean, this Bitcoin craze that everybody's going over, I'm not a bad deal. If you want to lose everything, if you're okay with losing everything, you might make a mint, but hey, you might lose everything. So there are those, that, you know, greed gets the better of people a lot of times. So they'll start from zero over and over again. So it's a whole lot easier not to go below zero and still take advantage of those market gains. Do you guys know the story about the Bitcoin guys who started this? Do you know the story a little bit? Yeah, tell me about it. I'm kind of going off the cuff here because I don't have it in front of me. But when you mentioned that, I just it, it occurred to me. You know, Mark Zuckerberg was paid by these two brothers to uh, write a program for him. And they claim they already invented Facebook and that he basically turned it and changed it and made it his own. He claims that, no, you had a different idea and I modified it greatly, and that's Facebook. I will say that their original product uh, was designed to allow freshman guys to uh, hook up with uh, freshman girls who they would could rate based on how easy they thought they were. This is a real thing. And so uh, he changed the program, used all the tools, but changed it for a different purpose. Long story short, there was litigation, and money was paid, and uh, now we move on. Well, those guys took the, the money that they got, and they basically started the early uh, development of what is now the Bitcoin. And so those guys even fought through some adversity. They thought they had their big idea stolen, and they had to fight through that. And if you're listening today, and Z, you want to become a, a successful leader, or you want to become a successful business owner, you're going to have to learn these four proven leadership moves. And this third move is you've got to manage your emotions. And I don't know anybody better at managing their emotions in between the lines of business, you know, in the in the in the playing field than Dr. Z. The guy is just fabulous at managing his emotions. And occasionally you'll see him, you know, freak out and go streaking down the river. No, I'm just kidding. But no, he keeps it together. And I want to know how does he do it? How does he manage his emotions? If you've ever struggled to just keep it under control under the stress of business, you don't want to miss out. It's the Thrive Time Show Business Coach Radio.
Sam Parker. Okay. I'm Karina Parker. We live here in town. Um, we're looking to be in like the food industry. Thrive Time workshops, we've learned about advertising and what we need to do to get our name out there, what we need to do to get to the top of Google, um, you know, the necessary steps that we need to take right now to get to where we want to be. The Thrive Time workshop experience is, is really um, encouraging and it's, it's great hands-on um, information and stuff that we can relate to because we're able to talk to people here that are going through the same stuff that we are. There's motivation everywhere. If you don't feel motivated, then something's wrong with you. He's it's very upbeat. All over the walls. Yeah. Uh, he's very funny, uh, like a comedian, but at the same time, he wants you to learn. And so if you have any questions, he's willing to help you and uh, talk you through anything, any questions that you have, but at the same time making it fun and encouraging for you. He's also very candid. He doesn't hold anything back that most people are like, ooh, maybe I shouldn't say that because it's offensive. Yeah, you can he, tell he's being real. He doesn't real. care about offending people. Yeah, he just wants to help you. <laughs> so I heard an advertisement that said to leave your wallet at home, and I mean, that's what it's been the whole time. It hasn't been like, oh, make sure you stop by our table in the back and buy 10 books and sign up for a two-year subscription with us. It was just like, hey, you know, what we do offer, there wasn't pressure, and it's a month-to-month -month thing. It's not like you're signing your life away. So girl, it's hard to do the right thing When the pressure's coming down like lightning It's like they want me to be perfect All right, Thrive Nation, welcome back to the Thrive Time Show on your radio. We're broadcasting live from the left coast of the Arkansas River, where Z, Z, the left coast of the Arkansas River is starting to look really good. I mean, it's, I mean, it's a beautiful view. The water's flowing. Our tiki village is very free of natives, but it's very tiki-esque. I mean, very tiki-esque. Very, very much so. And we've yet to do a... Have a band, a tiki band come out, or a band that would be appropriate in the tiki garden out here. We'll call oh, it the tiki garden. The I want to do it. And just, we got a stage up there. You know, I've done it in my puppet show a few times, but nobody was out there to watch. I was a little disappointed. <laughs> you, did you, you didn't hand out the flyers? I watched the, security, I I watched the security camera, and I noticed there's a guy up there, and I couldn't quite see. The, the quality of the camera wasn't that great, but it oh. looked to be about your height. Yeah. About your, your, your width, about your just the whole thing. Yeah, and yeah, I like, yeah, yeah. is that him out there with sock puppets? So I oh, just so let you, you go. Oh, so you did see some of it. I, let you you do, some, I, I watched you it live for four hours it. from my house. Oh, my oh. <laughs> <laughs> on the security cameras. Now, Thrivers, now, I want to I I tee up this, this question for Z because pressure. Leaders have to be able to deal with pressure and manage your emotions. So I'm going to walk Dr. Z through my morning that happened today. And I think this is very indicative of the morning for many entrepreneurs. So I woke up this morning. Went to work out. Things are good. Take a shower. Things are good. Listen to an audio uh, book while I'm taking a shower. Things are good. They're golden. Driving in, uh, driving in the Hummer and the Hama, getting to the office, get to the work. Things are still good. Uh, then the first person I see at 7.50 a.m.-ish, you know, first person has a crisis. They have the crisis eyes, Z. You know the eyes of the crisis? Oh, yeah. Where they look at you with a look of panic. And as the boss, you know, my, my job is to make the big obstacles seem small. But then right after that, those crisis eyes, I run into yet another set of crisis eyes. And then I get the email. Oh, you no. know, the email where it's oh, the no. email, the all cap email. So this is about eight, you know, 15 ish. 
And that's kind of how we got going. Now, now I know how to handle it because I've, I've you know, been mentored and I've watched and I've learned and I've, I've studied. But if I'm listening right now and I'm a thriver and I'm getting emails and social media updates and I got the email and the crisis eyes from an employee and there's some drama going on, what advice would you have? How, how can I keep it together, man? There's a lot of pressure. It's hard to do the right thing. Well, you have to find the right outlets for it. You can't keep it bottled up. If you anger that you don't ever let out, you become like a volcano, you know? And, and if you've ever seen a volcano blow, I, what was that, Mount St. Helens? Yeah, Mount St. Kid? Helens. Were you alive when that happened? I was. I was. <laughs> I mean, that affected, like, the world, you know? I mean, they got uh, that ash up and the thing. It rained it was, ashes. I mean, all over. I mean, it really affected, affected a big deal. So what happens sometimes is that people think that the best way to do with anger is just to bottle it up. You know, well, I'm just gonna, not going to let it out. I'm just going to bottle this thing up. Put that in this bottle. Just put that in the bottle, man. But what happens is, is that it's going to come out sooner or later. And so you have to be able to know how to let it out, you know, uh, through a workout, through a, a therapist, through, you know, a safe friend, you know, that you can vent with. You know, you have to know how to let that out in the appropriate way or a safe way. Otherwise, you end up blowing. Like, I've got a really good friend of mine. He's the nicest guy in the world. And he just bottles things up. And then one day he just absolutely volcanoes on everybody. I'm like, dude, you can't do that. Now I'm gonna give you. You can't a, Mount St. Helena. I'm gonna give you some Mount St. Helen facts here. Uh, when this thing uh, <laughs> erupted in September of 2004, when it reawakened, it erupted continuously for four years, and it was raining ash on Seattle and different places like this. And I um, remember this because um, one of the things that's interesting is if you look up how much um, carbon monoxide, you know, how gases were emitted into the ozone. Yeah. It's, an, it's, an, it's an incredible it's number. It's incredible, yeah. And if you took the history of all cars and you multiplied that times, you know, just keep doing that for about a thousand years of, of our, our current amount of emissions that cars produce, you know. Okay. If you multiplied that for, for thousands of years, I can't remember the actual number, but you can look it up here, Thrivers. It's almost equal to Mount St. Helens. So it's this, the amount of pollution, the amount of just, oh, yeah, uh, just smoke and stuff. In the air. It's an unbelievable thing. And I know in business, it can be a dangerous place to be when you feel like your brain is going to explode and you don't let it out. So, Chris, you served in the Navy. Now, you're obviously a financial planner now, and you're the calm, cool, collected guy that helps people multiply their cash. But before myanchorgroup.com, before you wrote the book there, uh, what's the name of your book, by the way, you're giving away to all the listeners? Safe Money and Income Book. How do they get that thing, by the way? Uh, Phil and I, my business partner, we actually co-wrote it. So can they go to your website to get it or call they you? Yeah, they call, call us at 918-591-2880, or you can go to the website and request it there. And before that, though, you were in the Navy. And when you're in the Navy, were you ever on a destroyer or an aircraft carrier? Were you out there in a dinghy? What were you doing? Aircraft carrier, yeah. Dinghies are, are bad in the Navy. Okay, now just to get, make it kind of current, apparently we have, I think, three aircraft carriers that are headed over towards North North Korea, or maybe two. Is it two right now? Two? That's, that's classified. We can't talk about okay, that. Okay, but I think classified, classified. <laughs> I think there are two two groups over there right now. I think there's another one headed that way, but I mean, there, there's a buildup there. How mm -hmm. big is this thing? To give context, I mean, we're in a building that's about 20,000 square feet. How big is this? Is the building there? The, the, the aircraft carrier. The aircraft, aircraft carriers of today are about almost four football fields long. Four football fields long. Okay, I'm, I'm trying to picture it. And then how tall? I mean, how many floors? How many decks? They usually stand uh, about 100 feet off the water on the flight deck. So if you fall off the flight deck, you're you're 10 stories down. 10 stories. So 10 stories, four football fields. How many uh, 
you know, F-16s or planes or that kind of thing are on that thing? It can take 180 aircraft, different kinds. You've got helicopters. You've got all different all different kinds of. of and uh, say Kim Jong Un's trying to you know lob some missiles at you guys. Do you have like uh, anti missile anti you know that kind of thing? Yeah, they call them R2D2 mounts. They're uh, 50 caliber. Gatling guns that set off all four corners, and and they'll they'll nail something two and a half miles, three miles out. Now I know if I was on the boat, they would have me be the cabin boy. But what did they have you do? <laughs> I worked a flight deck. <laughs> I actually worked with a uh, with uh, uh, with HS fifteen, which is actually a helicopter squadron. So we did search and rescue, and we did uh, uh, we did anti submarine warfare. Okay, so here here's the deal. I went to see a movie with my wife. Um, it's the one. What's the La La Land? Have you guys seen this movie, La La Land? It's a I, I musical. I'm going to have to take take your man card away now. Here's the. I go. To I, see, you have I a lot of daughters, uh, though, no, this, so I guess that's. I, a- I promise this aircraft carrier, <laughs> La La Land. It's all going to come together. So I'm at the movie with my wife, and I love my wife so much. And so I'm there, and I'm just thinking, like, I love my wife. I love my wife, and I have to check. It's like a mantra. I have to chant. <laughs> I love, I'm not kidding because I start to get like anxiety when I watch these kinds of movies. I cannot. I cannot watch a musical that people talk about feelings the whole time. I cannot do it. Right. Is, I just can't watch The Fiddler on the Roof. You know, I just, where is this little... I just can't. I can't do it. So I'm just <laughs> like, I love my wife. Up on the roof. There it is. And I'm just I like, sound of music, I can't do it. So I'm, I'm just doing it. I'm just going... I can, I can, and, they're, they're, and they're not serving adult beverages. It's not that kind of theater. You can't, <laughs> so I'm just like, I love my wife. I love my wife. I can do this. I love my wife. I love my wife. And then eventually, though, I had to explode. So my, oh, my, no. my wife you and volca- I have, did you volcano? What we did is we have a. I, I had to let out some tension so I wouldn't have a massive eruption. Oh, okay, there you <laughs> so go. So I've learned this. My wife and I. We've been married sixteen years. And I have a move. I tell my wife, babe, I need to go to the restroom. Which is code that I'm never coming back. <laughs> Ever. I'm not. So I got up and I walked around the March of Jericho, around the theater, walking, hopefully hoping that if I walked enough, that eventually the movie would just stop. Yeah. And then after the walls would collapse. Then I walked over there to a pizza place, Hideaway Pizza, over there, 105th Memorial, and I went in there and I ordered a beverage. Ordered some pizza or something, and I just waited. And the guy's like, "You're kind of a weirdo. You want, eat, come here. Eat, I have to eat by yourself, getting a you know a beverage and a, and a pizza or whatever." Anyway, then that's kind of and so. And then on the ship, though, I imagine there's got to be moments where you're like, "I want to get off. I've been on this boat for how many weeks? Is it months? Is it yeah, years?" Weeks. I mean, had, what, how did you deal with it? How do you let that tension go? I mean, how do you not go crazy? You work out a lot. <laughs> do you really? You're just oh, working yeah. out. Yeah. Yeah. Usually twice a day. So you're just lifting weights, and that's kind of your therapy. Or running, yeah. They'll they'll shut the flight deck down for runners. Uh, at, you know, if it's not 24 hour ops, you know, you're gonna be running around there when they're launching an aircraft. But, uh, but yeah, they they'll shut the the flight deck down, the hangar bay down at different times for runners. So Zohan, how do you blow off steam now? I mean, now that you're you're you know you're you're 52, looking 32. You know, he's 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 the businesses are doing well. He's he's contemplating taking over you know Western Oklahoma. He's got you know th- on his to do list. He's like, should I take over Eastern Oklahoma or Western Oklahoma? I mean, you've got a lot of things going for you. You've had some momentum you've established, but how do you blow off steam? How do you? How I've do you got channel? four. I've got four moves. I'm ready. Four super moves. One um, therapist. Really? I, yeah, yeah. I see a great guy, and I see him on a semi-regular basis, and he's a good guy, and he's a he's a guy that I can go in and talk to, and uh, um, we can walk through all this because a lot of times your anger is, is based upon something that's happened to you a long time ago. You know, as a kid or a young man, some you've got some bruise, you got some wounding, if you will, and so now the, the something that happens seems amplified when, and it's really just going back to that. So working on those past hurts is really helpful in, in managing, and you're in kind managing of, your anger. You're kind of a man's man, though. I mean, if people know you, they know that you're sort of a, a Viking man's man. So coming from you, you're saying 
that seeing a therapist isn't a weird thing. It's not a stigma no, thing. It no, doesn't, sir. No, yeah. You no, endorse I'm, it. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Okay. Go and um, um, go find a good one. And you might, you know, interview a few or you might visit with a few before, you know, it's just not every therapist maybe fits you. And as and a now, leader, the therapist is not your employee. Correct. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, yeah, like, yeah. Craig, I swear to God, I just ah, don't, I don't like people. You don't do that to your team. Correct, yes. Okay. The second move is I've got safe people. Now, a therapist is one of my safe people. Uh, he charges me money to listen to me and to mm. talk to me about stuff. But I have some, I have some, uh, some people that are, that are near and dear in my life, and they are what I would consider a safe person that I can sit down and talk with. In other words, they'll hold it in confidence. They won't hold it against me. Here again, they're not, they're not employees again. Um, and they're not, you know, your kids. They're not, you know, they're not people that some people just can't, you know, you you can't you can't talk to them in that in that capacity. So I have what I would refer to as safe people to talk to. Okay. And is that a hairstylist? <laughs> it could be, but probably not. Okay. It's probably not a bartender. It's probably not a hairstylist. It's probably not someone like that. It's someone of high character that you you know that is maybe is a, a mentor to you mm. or someone that is a safe person that you know will hold what you say in confidence. And not gossip about it, and it. and help you help you kind of work through it. Okay, got it. The third move is is just physical, just physical exercise. It's just like you, like you were saying earlier, Chris. I mean, just working out helps you alleviate alleviate some of that. Just the just just punching some punching a bag or kicking something. Do or, you, you know, still endorse? Fully nude river sprinting? Uh, yes, I do. <laughs> you just have to do it at certain times and on certain rivers. Yes. I just—I don't know what it is. I feel free when I, I run up and down the river. When I'm naked, I'm, no. being chased by the police. No, you probably don't want to do that in public. <laughs> That—that's that's in the, that's on the no category. Okay, it's on the no category. And and the fourth one probably sounds about as ridiculous as any of them, but that, you know I talk to myself a lot. <laughs> do you? <laughs> nice. Yeah, my kids are always catching me, you know, because I'm, I'm a hand talker, so I'm over there, you know, having a conversation now, with myself. They're like, Dad, you don't. You, you have the four moves. I don't have it distilled into a four moves, but I've got a few few moves I do. You know, one is I'm always burning pinion wood. My there. goal is when I come home on the weekend, I soak the pinion in water, and I have yeah. the coals that are they're hot coals. And my goal is for there never to be a time where there's no pinion smoking. Yeah. So anytime I'm going, you know, we might have extended family over, and I'm like, you know, I'm going to go uh, burn the pinion, you know? And I just kind of go, that's kind of my move, you know? Yeah. The second thing is I do spend a lot of time talking to chickens. So I've discovered <laughs> that they understand So they me. are in your safe category. Yeah, because yeah, a chicken, you know. as a general rule, doesn't, doesn't gossip, you know? Yeah. And, and, and the rooster might look, though, he kind of looks threatening, and he might not, you know? But, but the thing is, I kind of, I, I, I do enjoy, I think, talking to the, to the uh uh, you know, to the chickens. Like Dr. Doolittle style. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> and I love music. I love just cranking on the jams in the man cave. That's a that's a great there, there you go. Yeah. That's a great move. And I think the the fourth the fourth thing for me, I like working out too. I think it's a move. I think I think that's I think it's something that universally as I've interviewed top performers, it seems as though every top performer I've interviewed has said at some point they either really, really benefit from ongoing exercise or they think back to a time in their life when they did and they're trying to get back into that flow because it just seems like that's a great thing for your mind when your body is active. And I don't have all the science and the data here for you, but Thrivers, I encourage you to make a list of some things that you can do and that you do to help you blow off those steam and manage to blow off the steam and manage your emotions. And when we come back, Elon Musk has a notable quotable for us. The guy who started PayPal and Tesla about what it's like to be an entrepreneur. I can't wait to unpack it. It's the Thrive Time Show on your radio. My name is Clay Clark, America's number one and most humble business coach. You're listening to the Thrive Time Business Coach radio show. Check it out, thrivetimeshow.com.
My name is Sean Lohman, and I'm from here in Tulsa, actually, Owasso. I own a residential redevelopment company, so I buy properties, and then I fix them up, and then I sell them for a profit. Well, Thrive is very non-industry specific. So when we come here, there's business owners from all different aspects of business. You know, they're doing all different industries, and he's teaching us how to look at it from that angle because he's he owns nine businesses clay clark owns nine businesses so he's he knows what's in common with all of them so he's teaching these big principles things like just the backbone of how a sales conversation should look or specifically what your your marketing campaign needs to look like in order to make it be sustainable um, those are some of the biggest things that i'm going to take away and implement immediately it's, a, it's an intimate environment, you know, there's less than, less than 30 people here, business owners, so you get a chance to ask questions and it's just really informative and um, inspiring. Oh, this place is cool. There's a lot going on in here. There's a lot to look at. Um, there's a lot of uh, inspiring and motivational things on the walls and lots of accomplishments and just uh, a very cool yet productive atmosphere. I'm coming in here yesterday and, you know, we're, there's a sales team in here. It was Friday. So, you know, they're, they're ringing appointment bells and hitting gongs when they're making sales. And it's just a really um, motivating environment to be in to see, you know, how this, how this business is done, basically. Clay's presentation style is really great. This is kind of a no BS, very direct sort of style, but he'll also get you know, non-specific with, with what he's teaching, and then he'll get very specific, and he'll use stories throughout the process to really help it connect to you and, and make it implementable. Consistently, he is, he's offered an opportunity to ask questions at the end of each workshop, and so that's really where you know, the learning takes place, is asking those questions and, and getting those direct answers so that we can you know, take those action items away from that. Uh, I don't see enough questions being asked, and sometimes that's just natural, um, but if people are missing out on the opportunity to ask questions, they're missing out on the opportunity to learn. And so if there's anything that's going to stop you from learning and growing, it's you. If you're here, you're going to learn and grow, as long as you're motivated to do that. And these other seminars that I've, I went to six, actually, in the last year. So uh, of these six, uh, at, at every single opportunity, you know, at the end, always, there's always a back of the room thing. Hey, you can spend a little money here and get this or that or this. And although those things are helpful, that's not always necessarily the best feeling we want to get. So he wants us all to know, and he's very clear about the fact that he's not trying to upsell us anything. His motivations are different. He's not trying to sell us. He's trying to help us. He's trying to mentor us. And he's very open about it. So I'd say it's, it's awesome. That aspect of it's awesome. We need more people who are motivated in this world. We need more people who are willing to become entrepreneurs, who are willing to create jobs. We need more of that. There's not enough of it. So that's, the, to me, the message. That's the, the goal is mentor a million people is this company's idea. And it's a beautiful idea, and I'm behind it 100%. So I want to contribute in any way I can as I move forward. This is just awesome. Z, have you ever felt like as a business owner, have you ever felt like when you're just getting going, maybe those first two or three years of mm -hmm. business where you're you're finding yourself, you know, you're at church and everyone else is singing, you know, a praise and worship song like, our God is an awesome God. We and you're and you're into it and you're and you're yeah, listening yeah. and everyone's singing, but you're over there going, I can't get no <laughs> satisfaction. <laughs> People are going for walks, and you're picking up rocks and just throwing them, and you just feel angry, and you just can't seem to... Have you ever felt like that? Yeah, there's, there's times of your life when, you know, problems come up, and 
you know, you you want to you want to deal with them and get them over with, but they take time just because of the circumstances, and so you, it has to linger. Ugh. And then you've just got to sit there and think about it and and deal with it, and that's just that's just part of it, you know. And the the idea there is is that you don't let those things affect you. You know, you keep. I mean, you know, you're the one that's in charge of having a good attitude, you know, as a leader. And and people are watching that. And if you let every little thing, if you're like, oh, well, when that gets over, I'll be in a good mood. Right. When that doesn't happen, I'll be in a good mood. Well, when you do this, you, you know, you let if you let things affect your mood, which we all do. And as a young man, I did a lot. I did a lot more than I do now. And you learn you learn from that. You learn from those wrong moves. But as you start to learn that you can control your own mood and that it's your choice then, then you can start working towards that goal, and it's, you know, it's near impossible, but you can get better at it. I promise you that. I mean, you can you can do better, you know, and just, you know, whenever something upsets you, think about it. Don't don't just respond from because we all want to just you know just throat punch somebody as soon as you get upset about something. Like you know, I mean, Chris really upset me about not liking soccer. I wanted to throat punch him, <laughs> but no, I, didn't. Was, I didn't. I did tell you. You did ahead. not do, and I, I'm in the box. I noticed you did not punch Chris. I did not. <laughs> he did not do it. That was nothing. He did not do. Now, now, Z, I'm going to read you kind of an excerpt from an upcoming article that uh, I just have uh, written for Forbes. And if you Google my name, Clay Clark, in Forbes, you'll see that uh, myself and the Thrive 15 team, we've now been invited to be part of the Forbes Coaches Council, which means that we'll be published in the magazines and in the online uh, versions and that kind of thing. So if you Google Clay Clark and Forbes, you can see some of these articles. But uh, something I, I wrote in this article, and I, I'm still kind of working through it, but it says, great leaders are able to face reality as uncomfortable as it is while developing a detailed plan to move beyond a company's current struggle. So you face it, you know what the problem is, but you're able to move beyond it. Now, Elon Musk once described this entrepreneurship process by saying, and this might sound intense, he says, being an entrepreneur is like eating glass and staring into the abyss of death. Wow, calm down. Oh, wow. That's intense. And he, and he says, that although, that's how he talks, by the way. He's an intense dude. He says, although, the, and I wrote here, although this his statement may sound like hyperbole to some, Elon Musk is the guy that led Tesla through a challenging decade from, 20, from 2003 to 2013 where they did not make a profit for 10 years in a row. And so the guy was personally funding the business, and he had to find a way to stay positive. So Chris, I realize you're a financial planner, but you're also an entrepreneur. I am. So if you had to give one tip for the listeners, maybe a couple tips to the listeners about how you deal with stress or how you've learned to deal with stress, because there's got to be stressful aspects of your business. I'm sure when the market's going down, people are freaking out. Oh my gosh, they, they forget the part where you told them invest for the long term. Right. What, did, what tip would you give to the thrivers out there who are struggling to manage their stress? You know, I tell you one thing, you know, Dr. Z, you talked about uh, hiding the, the, you know, go find, find your little happy place, go over there, scream, holler, whatever it is. Sometimes I found it very poignant at the proper time and to the proper uh, avenue to actually see, have somebody see you lose your temper one time. Really? Because it oh. actually sets the stage to say, wow, this guy is actually real. A controlled burn. Yeah, it's a controlled burn. Usually it's at an insurance company because they're not doing what they want it or should be doing for a client. Mm. And that's really, they get the brunt of it. And and they'll see it on a conference call and I'll lose my temper, but it's usually in in uh, in 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 getting my client on the right side of something or my agent on the right side of something that did something right and they're being beat up over for, uh, beat for it or you know a claim not being paid that sets me off because you know I deal with only a rated companies so 
when I have an A-rated company that decides they want to be bigger than someone else and, and they can do things the way they want to do it, um, and uh, I could name names, but I'm not going to do that. But um, So the big thing is you know, losing my temper in the right direction kind of shows people and I'm going to kind of rightly divide this real quick so we don't have people running around and going, he said to be angry. That's what he said. That's what the show's all about. That's why I'm pissed. You know, so Thrivers, listen to this. This is from Ephesians 4.26. 4.26. And uh, here's a notable quotable for you. And you, you know, some of you don't believe the Bible. And that's okay. That's okay. That's okay. You'll, you'll eventually, um, you know, read it again. So here, here it says this. Be angry and yet do not sin. What? It says, do not let the sun go down on your anger. And do not give the devil an opportunity. So this is this is uh, so Jesus allegedly in the Bible, he's uh, frustrated. These guys won't quit selling stuff in the church, you know, in the temple. They're like, he said, like, "Come on, guys, would you quit trying to sell stuff?" They're trying to turn, you know, the the, the church into like a mini mart. You know, a guy's putting up their energy drinks and he's trying to sell like lottery tickets. Stop? Yeah, he's trying to make a they're just trying to sell subway sandwiches and and, sh- and affordable showers. You know, <laughs> and he's like, "No, seriously." So he flips over the table. Well, it sounds to me like you got got a little anger there, you know, mm-hmm. but. He didn't, you know, stay angry. And and so, Z, kind of help educate us for someone who says, I kind of like this message about anger because it's about time that the people... I can unload. <laughs> I mean, walk, to me, walk me well, through the balance. Well, I, I, you know, you're, I love your term, controlled burn. I use the term bang the drum. Oh. <laughs> that's, yeah. that's my term. You know, when someone's, you know, like you said, they're not doing something they're supposed to be and maybe contractually or just integrity-wise... And you're looking at them and you say, don't make me bang that drum. You know, that's what my friends, my friends that know me are like, oh, no, look, he's going to bang his drum. Oh, oh, no, don't make him bang the drum. No, 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 you don't want to see him bang the drum. But every now and then, and Chris is exactly correct, that is every now and then you have to ratchet it up a notch. Um, that doesn't mean you use profanity. That doesn't no, mean you use violence. Course. That Absolutely. doesn't mean you throat punch anybody, though you might want to. <laughs> that doesn't mean you do any of those things. There has but, been days, right? But you you can, through your tone of voice and through the way you're doing it and through your body language, you can definitely convey that you are not happy and that they are telling you things that you don't want to hear. You know, uh, Jack Welch uh, once said, he said, public hangings are teaching moments. This is the number one CEO in the history of the planet, arguably. He says, public hangings are teaching Moments. Every company has to do it. A teaching moment is worth a thousand CEO speeches. Wow. CEOs can talk and blab each day about culture, but the employees all know who the jerks are. They could name the jerks for you. It's just cultural. People just don't want to do it. So, Z, it sounds like there's a precedence for occasionally getting intense, but you can do it in an ethical way. Um, Greg Popovich, the coach of the Spurs, who is Bill Belichick's twin. Notice you've never seen them together. Uh, you're, you're right. They're very similar. Yeah. Uh, Popovich always will yell, I need some nasty. So he'll be talking to the guys, and he gets to a level where he cannot articulate. So the other day I was watching these highlights <laughs> of him from the, from the playoffs, and I they're hysterical. That's what yeah, he says. He's funny. But he'll yell, and he goes, listen, the next one of you guys to miss a free throw has to buy me a car. And he looks <laughs> at him, and he's like, I know your salaries. I'm not kidding. And it's like funny because he's like, you're like, is, is that possible? <laughs> but it's like in the fourth quarter of a playoff game, and then he looks at him, and he doesn't know what else to say, and he's just searching for something. He's trying not to curse. He's trying not to you know, lose his cool. And he says, I want some nasty and I want some nasty now and they're like okay you know but that's just like you've got to find a way thrivers to think through how you're going to manage your emotions and I encourage you to make a list what are the emotions that stress you off stress you out is it anxiety is it anger is it what is it what are the things that stress you out and make a list of them 
and make a list of how you're going to deal with them because the stress is going to come. And the only way to avoid stress is to do nothing, right? I mean, it's the only way to avoid stress is to live in a bubble and do nothing. And maybe that's what you want to do. But if not, stay tuned. It's the Thrive Time Show on the radio. My name is Tyler Schultz with Witness Security from here in Tulsa. Well, I actually started listening to uh, Thrive on the radio, 1170, and uh, then I got my dad into uh, listening to the show. And then it actually turned into Clay gave us a call, and uh, we started actually working with Clay on a weekly basis. He's helped us drastically when it comes to the SEO, getting us high, a little bit higher in different markets. Uh, we Then he offered the conference, and just learned a lot when it comes to the sales and uh, the employee side of things. It's gonna help our business drastically. Oh, very uh, intuitive, just uh, pulling you in to break down each part of your business. Uh, the interview process, the employee process. Uh, if employee's not working out, you let them go. It's a drastic experience. You just have to come and check it out. I mean, there's so many things that they can help you with. Clay's a funny guy. Uh, he just wants to get into each and every uh, person's business and help you out. Oh, I know I've asked a couple of questions and he's uh, broken down that question and answered it uh, in several different ways. There, there are so many different things. The SEO, uh, first and foremost, he will help you get the, the more business coming in. And then once that is coming in, then he uh, helps you with the employee process of, uh, do I need to hire more people? Do I need, what, what do I need to put in place? And he gets you there. You hear of all the other different type conferences, and I, I myself have never been to one, but uh, the walking on coals and all that stuff, that just seems like a bunch of hype that isn't really needed. And I know of several people that have gone to those type conferences, and yet they haven't, because there's no action, actionable deals, you really don't have any moving forward steps. It's just hype, and it's not needed. Well, just the cost in and of itself versus $6,000 for one conference and no actionable steps versus $1,500 and there is actionable steps. Uh, you can't beat it. You down with Dr. Z? You down with Dr. Z? You down with Dr. Z? Who's down with Dr. Z? You down with Dr. And now, more from a man who's never been called beautiful, your host, Clay Clark. Oh, Dr. Z, you are a beautiful man, and Tulsa is a fan. I, <laughs> you're putting the Z all over Tulsa. Have oh, you my, ever, oh, my. Have oh you my. ever thought about the profundity of what it would be like if you had your own airline or you had your own hotel chain? I mean, just putting a Z in one more place, I mean, is this a secret goal of yours? Uh, yeah. <laughs> I grew up a big fan of the movie Zorro, and so instead of doing graffiti and just scratching it all over the walls of said town, I am you know, trying to do it the correct way. Now, we're talking today about leadership, which is uh, you know, a difficult uh, thing for people to wrap their brain around, especially small business owners, because what happens is, is it's so hard to just make a profit when you're starting for many people. If you don't know the proven path that we'll teach you, 
many people are just struggling to make a profit. And if you get used to that, almost like a Viking-like state, you know, where you're just going 90 miles an hour, you almost repel top talent. You know, people who are looking for a job are almost repelled by your intensity of, of craziness. You, you, you know what I mean? When you meet an entrepreneur who's just, they're just, they're just trying to make it and they just have that edge where they're almost, uh, they almost re repel talent. And then you have to somehow keep that sense of urgency, but then get into a level where you can kind of look more strategically on, the, on your business and start to recruit top talent. And I, so we're talking today about how to become that impetus leader, that kind of leader who has the ability to create that sustainable growth. And so this next point, Z, I'm really excited to get your feedback on this. This is develop a crystal clear knowledge of your personal purpose and values. And this is, this is deep because nobody wants to follow someone who doesn't know where they're going. And nobody wants to do it, but we're in a world, we are in a world right now, this is not a political show, but we're in a world where everybody, as a general rule, says, I could see your point, sort of. This is, this is where the end, I could see your point, sort of world. So you talk to someone, you say, so what's your religious views? They're going to say, well, I could see your point, sort of. But there's no, it's, it's, not, it's a very gray world, Z. It's not black and white, but, peop, but the people who are successful know what they stand for. And so how do you balance that, man? I mean, you know your values. You know what you're about. I mean, could you maybe describe on the air what you're about, your values, kind of what you're – because I, I, you live for these principles, and I think a lot of people are afraid to you know, share their values and with their employees, and then therefore people don't want to come to work with them. Well, what happens is, is that um, – and this happens more times than not – is that you know, people share their values or what they want their values to be, and then they don't act on those values. Mm. You know, I'm a, big, I'm a big believer in, you know, I'm going to measure you more by what you do than not by what you say. And so I think it's important to say them, but I think it's more important to do them. And, you know, a lot of my, a lot of my values and a lot of my stuff comes from um, Judeo-Christian beliefs, and that is the kind of the core of the, what they call the gifts of the Spirit, and that's being, you know, kind and forgiving and loving and, and just being trying to be, a, you know, a good person. And what happens is people see that. They, they see that on you. They see that in you. And they, as a leader... You know, that, that lets you, you know, whenever you do that, then you can expect those things from them. You know, I'm, I'm very, when I go around and talk, I'm going to, matter of fact, I'm going to talk um, this Thursday. No, yeah, this week at a, at a group. And one, one, of the, one of the things I'm going to be talking about is, is, you know, how businessmen should not steal from the government. And what does that mean? That means you, you hide cash and don't report it. Now, mm. That's a very con people are like, well, wait a second, uh, wait a second here now. Uh, the government's not spending it correctly. That's mm. my eighty seventh uh, amendment. They, the right government, to, the uh, government has plenty. The government has plenty of money. Absolutely, they're not uh, using they, it well. They're that's not using. They're not, it. they're not using it well. And well, matter of fact, uh, I, I can use it more than they can. And what happens is, if you do that, your staff sees you. The staff knows about it. Let's just say that there's not a lot of secrets in, in business, especially a small business getting started, right? Right. And then what, what does that do? That greenlights them to be able to do it. Mm. And then all of a sudden they're going, well, well, look, look at you. You've, you're not spending your money. You, you, you kind of misspend some of your money. You know, you've got more money than me. And quite frankly, you're making a lot of money. So I think it's okay. Now, since you greenlighted it on your end, then it's greenlighted for me. So the thing about it is don't be surprised is that your employees are not acting like you. Now, since I uh, don't have permission from you to dance into the political, religious realm... You do, the guardrails are I, up. I, I'm moving in. Here we go. Oh, no. So Elon Musk openly has stated he's an atheist, okay? And so he has attracted a lot of people who are very much into uh, save the planet, 
um, let's get let's, let's improve technology. Let's um, but they and there's Christians who have that worldview too. But he's attracted a group of people that share his worldview, which is basically an atheistic, um, planetary expl- people who love Star Trek, space, the final frontier, SpaceX. They don't really believe in salvation and the things that a Judeo-Christian person would. But because he is open about his views. Most people that share that worldview are attracted to him. And there's all sorts of, you can read online from former employees and current employees. They said, if you want to work 90 hours a week for a man obsessed with getting to Mars, you're going to like it here. If you don't, get out of here. Because it's, it's that kind of culture. So I, you were in the Navy there, Chris, right? And, yeah. and, and, and Z obviously was not in the military, but both of you are principled people. So you are, would you say, Chris, you're still pro-military? Oh, yeah, absolutely. Does that not offend some people? Oh, sure it does. So sure I, it does. I had an employee come in. They said, why do we have the American flag, a potential employee? And I said, I have the American flag and the, and the, Jude- and they have the, um, the, the Jewish star up there, you know, the Israeli flag, and I have uh, the picture of Jesus on the wall, not because I'm perfect, but because those are the ideals. Those are the values that I'm in favor of. And they were like, well, there's two sides to that story. Right. And I just said, well, it's probably not going to work out. You know, right. because I, I realize that it's it's just not going to be a thing. So how do you not? I mean, how do you? How are you transparent with your values, but yet you're not running around running a missionary, uh, a running a mission, or, or a pro-military recruitment rally? I mean, because how do you find the balance there, Chris? Because you definitely don't hide behind. You know, you don't hide your values, but how do you how do you balance that? It's just a moral compass. I think if everyone has a moral compass of some sort, you know, to know that you have boundaries and setting those boundaries, good or bad. You know, you want to make sure that those boundaries are, are instated and instilled in your in your people. So, as you as you move forward, as you grow, as you do all the things, as you hire, you're going to want to make sure that those people share your values, or you're going to have division in the company. And you know, a divisive company cannot cannot stand by itself. Now, Zohan, you put up a uh, Bridenstine banner on the side of your optometry clinic. That is correct. And when you put it up there, I'm just, I'm just, I, I, I had, a, I have to imagine that uh, Mr. Bridenstein, he actually had to register for one political party when he was running, or he could have been independent, I guess, but he was registered as one particular political party. Correct. Did it at all strike you as maybe uh, it couldn't, it might not be a good idea to put this the political sign of a candidate that you wholly endorse, the guy you've met, you've looked at his values, you agree, but did it not feel like maybe you shouldn't do that? No, not at all. I mean, every now and then you 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 pick a, a moment to plant a flag and you say it's worth it. And I did get some I did get some feedback, some negative feedback on that. Not a lot, but um, I got a lot more positive feedback than I did negative. But you know, I did get some negative feedback. And anytime you you know you publicly make your values and your views known, people that don't agree with that 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 are that have come in and done business with you, they feel like, and I'm assuming this, but I think they feel like that that gives them permission then to comment on it. That gives them permission. Hey, you took some of my money for your goods and services. Therefore, you know now that somehow or another gives me the the right to now comment on on stuff that you're you know that you're doing over here on the side. And so you know I get it. It comes with the territory. Hey, if you you know if you if you never want to have one of those moments, um, just stand for nothing. Really, I mean, you just want to avoid any type of opinion, right? Absolutely. Now, Z, I I want to apologize on the air. I'm sorry for all the things I wrote in the bathroom stall as a result <laughs> of you supporting Mr. Bridenstein. Ex-Navy, by the way. The, yeah, I, Ex-Navy guy. All the picketing and rioting I did for weeks. I mean, I really apologize. No, I'm just kidding. But, guys, if you are trying to figure out what you stand for, you don't want to miss out. Drive Time Show. So I, you know, listen to talk radio. I drive a lot for work. Um, and, you know, got tired of listening to radio all the time. And I can't plug my phone into my truck. It's, it's too old. Um, and so, you know, one day 
the Thrive show was just in place of the talk show I normally listen to, um, and it was you know definitely more entertaining than most radio shows, um, and so that's you know took about a week or two before I actually looked more into it. I think it's wonderful. It's it's been great. It's a great environment. Um, I love the feel in here, and I really love how you know entertaining uh, Clay can be as well. Um, yeah, I am so grateful to be here, and um, I've loved just learning everything. I'm, t I'm learning a lot about branding and how to market my business, because that's kind of where um, I've had a hard time is I can take pictures, I'm good at it, I have my prices and everything, but it's hard to get the clientele, so learning about the marketing has really helped me, and I can't wait to implement it into my own business after this, because it's been so great. We're so grateful to be here. I think yeah. I can go home and... Like, I have it written out, the, the steps that I need to take and, and everything, it's very practical. Yeah, a big thing that's, that's helped me, um, you know, even without business stuff is just, you know, a, a mental attitude aspect they have that I can apply to my current job and current life. I love it. I am laughing a lot of the time and it's so entertaining and I, I just love being here. It's awesome. I, I really like the smaller class group, um, so it is more of an interaction, even if it isn't, you know, a constant, raise my hand, here's the question, here's the answer. Um, it's just that kind of feel, just, just a smaller It's great. Yeah. They haven't tried to upsell us anything. It has all just been very knowledgeable, and they are just teaching you how to grow your business. So. Yeah. Clay's been very giving with his, his time, um, his knowledge, his talents. Um, you know, at work, you know, when I was telling people about this, like, I hope you're not joining some get rich scheme. Like, <laughs> you know, even if it is, he's not going to charge me for it. So, yeah, I'd recommend it. Um, I mean, I would even love to come again. All right, Thrive Time Nation. Thrive Nation, welcome back to the Thrive Time Show on your radio. We are broadcasting live from the box that rocks in beautiful Jinx America from the left coast of the Arkansas River, coming in hot with some intense music because your life is sort of an intense thing. I mean, life is not a dress rehearsal. I mean, this is not a try it, come back, we'll try it again. I mean, maybe you believe that. I mean, maybe you think you come back as like a goat or a cow or something, but it's a general rule. Most of us believe that you, this is a one-and-done opportunity to live life on this planet in this body under these circumstances. And I'm not saying that your success on the planet or failure on the planet is an any indication of your eternal value or your value on the planet Earth, but you got to be intentional about living the life that you want to live. And this final point of leadership we're talking about is you have to develop a crystal clear knowledge of your purpose and values. And I'm going to give you an example of one that, uh, of, of a leader who declared a purpose for our country that uh, I didn't necessarily get excited about. This wouldn't pump me up, but it pumped up our nation. It, re it invigorated our country. And uh, maybe if I was around at that time, maybe I would have thought, man, that is awesome. But what happens is our, our country we had this thing called the space race that was going on in the late 50s, early 60s, where basically the Soviets were trying to put satellites into space, and they were doing it ahead of us. They were beating us. And the reason why this mattered is because the crazy Soviets, these are the kind of people that we were having a, a you know, we we're basically having this passive war with. They're, they're, they're trying to create a communist superpower and take over the planet, and we're trying to create liberty th throughout the planet. So there's these two opposing forces 
And we realized whether we wanted to go to space or not, if we let the cosmonauts, the Russian astronauts, get up to space first and colonize the moon potentially or make weapons that could be launched from space or, or, or cutting-edge satellites, we would be in a bad position. We would, we would absolutely um, not want to be in a situation where they had all the weapons and the technology and we didn't. And so when John F. Kennedy uh, took office there on uh, May 25th of 1961, he said, he said, I believe, he says, my fellow Americans, he says, I believe this nation should commit itself to achieving the goal before this decade is out of landing, landing a man on the moon and returning him safely to Earth. That right away had to be a crazy thought for people watching TV going, did he just say that? Did he just say what I think he said? Because now we know we've been there, but before that, I mean, that had to be crazy. He says, no single space project in this period will be more impressive to mankind or more important for the long-range exploration of space. What? I mean, that's a pretty big statement that he made that changed the entire trajectory of the space program of technology, of military development. It was a huge goal. But he had to be filled with conviction in his values of knowing that's what he wanted to do to make that kind of statement. Because I'm sure, Z, at least half of America thought he was crazy. I mean, I think people thought, thought, okay, there's our new young president. There he is. He's, you know, he's a young president. He's probably lost his mind like we knew he would. You know, he's probably out of his mind. I mean, there's probably at least half the country that opposed that idea. I mean, I don't know the facts of the time, but it, it had to have been at least half the country that, did, that opposed that idea. I wonder how much of the country thinks Elon Musk is, you know, when he talks about going to, the, to Mars by 2025 and he talks about, you know, uh, space traveling being, you know, kind of like vacationary, holiday kind of-esque, if you will. I, I, wonder, I wonder if it's the same percentage of people think that, that Elon Musk, of course he doesn't have the, the weight of the entire nation behind him, i.e. the checkbook of the government that uh, John F. Kennedy had. But, yep. I mean, you still got to think. I mean, I'm trying, to, I'm, trying to, I'm trying to say to myself, what would it have been like to have been alive then and to have heard that, and how would I have thought? And then I think, well, what's what's r- you know related to that, or what? Well, what could you? Here's you know, something that blew my mind. Um, have you guys ever read a lot about Lincoln, uh, Chris Chris Bryan, there with Anchor, Anchor yeah. Financial? I know you served in the Navy. You're pro-military, pro-patriot uh, here. I mean, have you studied a whole lot of Lincoln's life? Have you ever got in, deep into that? You know, I have. I actually read a few books on him, as a matter of fact. Well, there's two things that blew my mind about just. I kind of like to deep dive into people, read different books, and get into it. When Lincoln decided to end slavery, when he decided it, he's going to end it, his wife didn't agree. And so he wanted to end slavery, and she's like, I really wish you wouldn't get into it, because it's probably going to end in your death, you know, and the family's going to get, it's going to be a lot of drama, war, and he actually has notes that he was taking where he did the math, and he realized that basically two Caucasians would have to die for every African American they freed. It was kind of like he realized that these people are not going to let it happen. And we could get into the politics of why they did it and who did it. But the thing is, he had like a house divided. And he realized that he wanted to stand for this, this big vision to abolish slavery. And, see, he actually ran as a president. He ran to be president. And he didn't, wasn't really forthcoming with his views to end slavery. He actually was kind of a, a, a Trojan horse, kind of a, a sleeper. Yes. And so people thought they were voting for a guy who was like, you know, kind of passive, kind of laissez-faire, kind of want to, kind of want to maintain the peace. Yeah, but he Status knew, quo guy. But he knew, and his wife knew, that as soon as he got in there, he's going to make some pretty big changes. And I know that history always favors the bold, and everybody, whether it be Martin Luther King Jr., whether it be Abraham Lincoln, you're mentioning people that died, John F. Kennedy, these are people that made big stands, 
it usually freaks people out. When, when you make a stand, and I'm not encouraging you to, to wage war or do something, you know, declare you're going to go to space, but Z, in business, <laughs> what, are some, what are some lines in the sand that you've had to draw? Or maybe, Chris, maybe you want to chime in with, what are some, where in business you just have to say, this is my value, and this is how we're doing. These are my, this is my purpose. These are my values. And we're not going there. We're, we're, we're not, because this is the, the Dr. Zellner business. This is what we're doing. This is Z66. This is, the, this is Dr. Robert Zellner and Associates. This is what we're doing here at A to Z Medical. This is not what everybody else is doing. These are my values. What are some maybe some moments or some examples of those? Chris, if you have one teed up, go ahead. I'm actually deep diving. I'm doing, doing some thought right now in, in a couple of mine. You know, I mean, one thing does come to mind, Dr. Z. I think one big thing is, is you know, there's a lot of, a lot of uh, in the insurance industry, there's a lot of ways to, to, to uh, put big policies on people, things of that nature. And you know, a lot of in our industry jumped on this big bandwagon of of these uh, these high net worth uh, clients or high net worth uh, policies that they'd write and they just make a killing on them. And you know, they weren't performing, and and they didn't perform. And I refused to sell them because or sell them that way because it's false advertising. So the commission didn't work in your favor, but you made the call that you thought was right for the customer. Exactly. And that's so, your that's your values. Yeah, and I mean, 10, 20 years from now, how are you going to look back and you go, what in the world? You know, this didn't perform the way. Why, why did you sell me this? What is, what is this going on here? You just don't do that, and you and you and you make it up in volume, and you make you make fans by that point. Uh, I, when you don't, I've had a repetitive uh, situation that's happened um, for for me in my life was that with our um, DJ uh, company called DJ Connection, I used to have. Uh, we did entertainment for weddings, proms, birthday parties, that kind of thing. And I won't mention the name of the high school, but the the prom uh, event planner sent over the playlist, and it was completely unedited, and it's a North Tulsa public school. And I just called the counselor, and I'm like, hey, you know, is the DJ guy going to DJ for you guys? I mean, we have a guy going out there. This We had like 80 DJs at this time. The music that is on the list is the unedited versions of songs. And I just want you to know, I mean, it's if I was a parent, I, I couldn't send my kid to that prom. And he goes, well, buddy, that's what they want. And I said, well, I, I just can't do the prom. And he's like, so you're wanting me to, and this was it wasn't last minute. I didn't hit him up last minute. This was months before. And I, I honestly, I probably, throughout my career as a DJ, I think I refunded probably two dozen proms where I just gave them their money back and refused to do it. And because it was just a constant thing that as the as society continues to lower its moral standard, um, mine stayed the same. And I just couldn't go out there and DJ a prom because those proms, if you get to, if you go to a high school prom now and you've ever had the misfortune of having to volunteer as a chaperone, the stuff that they're allowing is insane. And I, I just wouldn't want my kids going to it. So I had to do that. I lost some business over it. And uh, I picked up actually a bunch of good accounts as a result of it because somebody started kind of spreading rumors and gossip about it and it kind of took off. But those are just some examples. Hey, do you have one you want to share maybe? Or, yeah, or? yeah. I have one actually for the auto auction, which is a more impactful one. But um, I remember back when I first got into the business, um, there was a car dealer in town by the name of Johnny Sharp. Hey, Johnny, if you're listening. And he pulled me to the side and said, Z, you'll be successful if you have an integrity in your lanes. And I said, what, what, is that, what does that mean, John? He said, well, every lane is going to have a category of the types of cars that are running through it. Be true to that because the other auctions are getting jicky with that. And what I mean is this is that if, they, if you say it's a new car trade lane, in other words, when you trade in your car, all right, right. on a new car and you say your car's 10 years old, they don't want to try to retail it. They're just going to try to take it to the auction and get what they got, what mm. they, they gave you for the trade on it. So to keep those lanes pure and to not let people put cars in there that don't belong in there. And if you're listening right now as a thriver, I will tell you this is a, a notable quotable from Jonathan Barnett. Uh, he's the founder of the Oxy, Oxyfresh uh, carpet cleaning franchise. 
He always says, he always says that the long road is the short road. And I always am going, what are you saying? What he's saying is if you don't take shortcuts, when you do the right thing, long-term, it always pays off. And if you're looking to make a long-term investment, a payoff that's going to help you take your career to the next level, we have four action steps we'd encourage you to take. One is go to thrivetimeshow.com and book your tickets for the next in-person workshop. That's the next in-person workshop. We're sold out for June Book your tickets for July. Movie number two. See, why would you want to subscribe for the Thrive Time podcast, my man? So you can catch all the shows and send them to a friend. I mean, you know, you, you say, I don't need this, but I know the guy that does. Also, Thrive Nation, we have one-on-one business coaching. And the only way to know if it's the right fit for you and to even know what you don't know is to sign up for a one-on-one assessment. So go to thrivetimeshow.com and sign up for your free 30-minute consultation. And finally, go to thrive15.com, the world's most affordable business school. Your first month is just a dollar. It's a life changer, a game changer, mentorship from moguls. It's thrive15.com. And Z, as always, we like to end with a bang. Here we go. Three, Three two, two, one. Boom!